At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to The Takeoff Show. If you want to take off in your career, your finances, and your mindset, then this podcast is for you. Wherever you are in the world, do enjoy the show. Welcome back to The Takeoff, guys. As you can see, we're in a new, brand new studio with our special guest here today, Kazar from Merch Masters. To be honest, why I wanted to actually get you today was because you're in the type of industry that I've always had an interest in. So you're in merchandising, you are in clothing, and I thought that we need to bring some gems. So how are you doing today, bro? Yeah, sure. Um, no, I'm doing good, man. I'm doing really good. Um, it's a sunny day today, you know. Yeah. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So as you know, if you've listened to the podcast before, I always ask our guests a random question. Sure. So what is your worst financial mistake? Worst financial mistake? Um, I think there's got to be... Hiring too many people okay. in my first business. That's interesting. Yeah. So what was that about? Can you explain a little bit more? Because it started to it started to grow. So um, at the time I was what twenty three, mm-hmm. and I went from doing I don't know I was I was to put to give you context I was um I was a part time master student. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. So I was a part time master student. I had um I had an, an, a similar business to what I have now, but a different name, different branding. I was doing my master's part-time. Yeah. I had two part-time jobs, mm-hmm. um, which I subsequently let go of. And wow. um, the business went from doing like, you know, three and a half thousand pound in revenue average to like 10 grand Wow! in one month. And it oh just stayed there. And I was like, how the hell am I going to maintain this level of work and study? And I had to, obviously the company, the business's yeah. revenue went up, so I had to let go of the jobs. I couldn't work there anymore, um, which was kind of a good thing. So I thought, all right, cool, let me hire a team, let me get people together, this, that, and the other. And um, bought, uh, bought a load of equipment as well. So yeah. um, I borrowed some money to buy like 30 grand worth of equipment mm-hmm. to put in this studio, in this um, office slash studio space in Leicester. I hired a bunch of people, large capital outlay. My biggest client that even got me into that 10 grand point left. Wow. So I'm left with employees on the payroll. Because <laughs> I finished studying my master's. Got to train up this team. Um, get new clients to make up for the, wow. for the for the shortfall. Yeah, man. Horrible time. That's Horrible time. insane. That's absolutely yeah. insane. You're doing your masters while this was happening. Yeah, yeah I was doing it at the same time. That is wow. <laughs> at 23. Yeah. That's insane. You know what? Like the fact that you said that was your worst financial mistake, I feel like that's quite unique because it's one of those sort of situations where I feel like it sort of had to happen. Like what would I've done in another situation. Do you, what would you have done today now that you're more experienced? Um, I suppose I'm, I'm kind of doing it. Like I'm just keeping a better eye on the numbers of the business and using the numbers to make more sound decisions. So you know, I've got a team now. There's you know five of us plus part time contract workers, etc. And um, you know we have you know pretty good cash flow and our services are profitable. Um, I just have a better handle on the business overall okay. to make those decisions about how to hire people and also measuring, training them people up properly. So I've got, you know, pretty good systems to train people up on, training them up properly, making sure that they've got all the tools they need to get the job done. 
Um, so I just have much more experience in that now than I did back then, um, which means it a lot more, a lot easier and more manageable. But also, you know, when, when you can, when you can see your team's performance and you can you can attribute it to some sort of number or metric, yeah, it makes it easier to actually identify whether they're whether someone or something is harming your bottom line or helping it. Hey, uh, wow, it's wow, got a bit more wow. control over that now. Wow. So you gave us a little bit of a glimpse in the day to day, but what is your actual day to day life of Kaiser? Oh man. Um, <laughs> to be honest with you, at this point, it's pretty boring. Like, I, okay. I, um, I usually wake up maybe six thirty, seven o'clock. Okay. Shower, coffee, breakfast, some vibes. Jump on the emails. <laughs> vibes. Check what's the what's the priority. Um, I try and get all my frogs out the way in the morning. Mm-hmm. So all the stuff that's like I really don't want to do it. So I might as well do it now. I try and get all those out in the morning. And then um, giving people quotes, responding to any um, queries or anything that comes up, um, calling up suppliers uh, during the day. So just making sure that the ship is sailing smoothly during the day. Um, there's some days where I'm not actually doing much because okay. there's, there's, like, the team's kind of got everything. I'm just checking with people. And I'm like, I feel like I'm annoying them because I'm like, oh, <laughs> um, you know, so when things are pretty smooth, yeah. like, everyone's kind of like, hey, no, we got it. I'm just bit redundant right now but um when i'm not having to do anything that's like kind of hands-on you know day-to-day operations in the business um i'm planning and strategizing i'm thinking about how can i get the business from where we are today to that next point um whether that's whether that is you know a certain level of sales or revenue whether that's creating a new offer or um i'm all i'm always spending as much time as i possibly can thinking about how can i scale the business and how can i create an infrastructure that allows the business to scale about breaking it along okay. the way okay. so yeah using my brain quite a lot but um yeah i even like we've got we've got a print studio and a, and a design studio okay um i only really go there when i'm like filming content or if i've actually got appointments booked there so sometimes i have people that book in meetings that come and see me and the team and see our products and stuff like that so like, i had one one I had one of those today okay so yeah it varies um but it's most of the same stuff over and over again Wow. Across different days. Okay. And you find that boring now, now that you scaled, now that you, because a lot of people will feel like that's a life. I'm not having to do all the groundwork anymore and my team's doing it. Yeah. And I just need to think about how to, to move us forward. It's not boring in a bad way. It's like, it's weird. Like probably within the last two years, I've got to a point where I'm basically like, I basically work officially nine to five hours like yeah. anyone else would. Um, which is good because it wasn't always like that. Yeah. Before it was like staying up till eleven thirty PM at WeWork, banging stuff out. <laughs> like it's just burning in midnight oil. Um so there's a lot less of that required now, which is actually great. Um, because the fact that it's got to a point where most of like I've been able to delegate responsibilities to a team, yeah, has meant that I can think more. Which for me is great because space to think is extremely important. I think as, very, a, as an entrepreneur. Boring, yeah. Um, so yeah, whilst whilst it's kind of like I say boring, um, it's not it's not even that it's a bad thing or anything. It's just it it right now it kind of works. What we're doing works, and that's that's great. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. It's, it's it's moving efficiently, and I feel like when you say it's boring, not that it's like it's boring to do the job, but it's working perfectly. It, does it sound like, I'm is not, there like many problems to I'm resolve not, day to day? I'm not going to say problem. I mean, mm-hmm. perfect. I mean, there's definitely, there's always some sort of fire to put out here, yeah. every, here or there every, every now and again. Um, but like it, it works a lot more like a well oiled machine. And I think the, the good thing about it is that it's, that it's that breathing space. It's that thinking space because now there's a member of the team that can handle something or you know, yeah. when some of the clients making a query or supplying needs to answer to something or whatever. Um, before it was literally me doing everything and now there's five other people who do the yeah. stuff I used to do everything for yeah. Um, so yeah it's just it's just different I guess it's different it's a lot different um, but the thing is when when I think the, with the point I'm at now mm. where there's a le- less of the work for me to do I'm the only thing left to think about is growth and efficiency okay. yeah. so when I find myself those days where, where I'm like oh what do I do now <laughs> Literally, I've, I had that fairly recently. I was like, what do I 
the only logical thing to do is growth. Like yeah. It's, you know, how do I get more customers, better customers, higher paying customers, customers that will stay longer? How do I give the team more support? How do I, you know, make this system of reporting more efficient? That just fix things in the business that need fixing to prime us for growth. So yeah, on, on days where there's not much to do operationally, there's all the thinking stuff to do, which is actually where I like to live. I like to do that more than anything. Um, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do remember you talking about that operationally and I feel like we'll, we'll touch on that a bit. Just going back a bit to when you started, your journey started at about around 16, 16 yeah. from what you were saying on Instagram. I always like to yeah. <laughs> research my guests. Yeah. So you got into textiles at that point. What was it about that that grabbed you? Like, How did you get into that? Was that by mistake? Was it just that you always had a love for design? Bit of both. Bit of both. Um, I was always into art and design. When I was a little kid, when I was when I was like three years old, my older brother used to play Sonic the Hedgehog on Mega Drive. Okay, yeah. And I used to, I was, I was obsessed with it. He had the comic books. I was obsessed. With it. I tried to draw them, and I got really good at drawing them. And then Dragon Ball Z came out, and I got yeah, really good Dragon at drawing, Ball drawing Z, that. Yeah. And I was just always into art, um, and loads of creative stuff. I used to be into music when I was younger, but I was also really gifted academically. So, um, when I got to sixteen, it was a mixture of like wanting to be self sufficient. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. as an individual, like so, I started to, as soon as I finished school, I started to look for jobs, hand out my CV, etc. Quickly found out how hard that is because you know the whole feedback, no experience, so no job, no job, yeah. no experience, all that, all that stuff. So I was like, what the hell am I going to do? Um, you know, I'm going to take a skill that I have. I started to learn about entrepreneurship at the same time. Okay, I to like read books and um, you know, there's a few old, older people around me who are into entrepreneurship. They were giving me books to read and seminars. Yeah. So I started to go. I was that weird kid who was in like seminars with 27 year olds when I was 16. <laughs> Like I'll be there in my bright blue hoodie from Fort Locker yeah. and my, you know, badly fitting combat jeans. Um, and I'll just learn. I'll just go and be around these people and learn from them. I'd pay to go to seminars and buy books and mm. read them. And, and I thought, okay, well, if no one's going to hire me, I'm going to learn a skill and yeah. create a product and earn money for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you know, I, I wasn't born with a, any sort of silver spoon in my mouth and I quickly found, figured out that, you know, was, I didn't really feel comfortable asking my family for support because yeah. you know, they, they didn't have it like that. Um, but I was confident that I could learn skills and trade them for money. Okay. So I've done that. Um, and then I joined a youth, so- youth social enterprise called Hustle Bucks when I was 16. So wow. going into um, college, I went to study art and design. And here they had um, they had iMac computers with all the Adobe software on it. And they were like printing t-shirts and stuff. They were designing a printer and t-shirt. So I just yeah. got stuck in. I got stuck right into it. Design, I learned how to use Adobe Illustrator and audio equipment whilst I was at, between going college where I was doing that mm. and one and eight or hustle bucks where I was doing the same thing. Okay. I was just like obsessed. Like I was one of those people that if I find something I like, I'm going to do it for 12 hours straight. Okay. So I would go from college to this place after school, jump on their computers, design my own t-shirts. When I found yeah. out to design my own t-shirts, I learned how to taught myself how to print the t-shirts. Um, I started to sell those products. I was also offering design and illustration. So I could do, I could, I was doing like digital illustrations for people, but I take like a picture of someone and mm-hmm. I'd um, do like a vector. Yeah. So I'd cartoonize it, as people call it. And I'd charge people for that. I was just hustling, man. I was just finding whatever skills I could get, stacking whatever skills I could get and just flogging them. And then I landed on printing t-shirts because I figured when you're trying to sell design or illustration to mm-hmm. a bunch of other young people who also really got money for that, it's long. Yeah. Um, you know, doing mixtape covers and leaflets and flyers. It was just, it was all right. But if I sell you a physical product, there's not that much room from negotiation because yeah. I have to sell you the product for more than it costs me to make. Yeah. And then when you need 25 t-shirts ordered that I need to custom print for you, there's no way you're going to get me to try and do that for free no matter yeah. how young I am. So um, I learned these skills and I landed on that. Wow. And, you know, people, I just became known for that. Wow, wow. That's insane. What I was thinking is, as a teenager, where did that drive come from? Like, why were you, why do you think you were so driven to do that? Because I think most teenagers at 16 would go out, maybe play games and do other things. But you were like so focused on the things that you wanted to do. And you got into, you know, being an entrepreneur really, really young. You know, like, as you were saying, you were like 27 year olds, you know, from a young age. So where did that drive come from? I think there's a few things. Um, I think looking at my family situation, not that it was like terrible, like, yeah. you know, I wasn't like starved, wasn't starving half to death or anything, but yeah. I looked at my family and I was just like, 
no one here can like as much as there's people in my family that love me and want to support me they just can't yeah um so it's really up to me i realized really really early like if i'm gonna make anything of myself in life it's really down to me no one's no one's like you know if i had it i would sometimes people people say stuff like that to me like respectfully you just don't yeah can't help me so i'm gonna help myself and i realized very early that i have to do this for myself because ultimately the end goal is to be in a position in life where I can support and you know my family and my loved ones and provide opportunities and care and whatever. Um, and I've always, always from a young age, I always thought about the future, way, 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 way ahead into the wow. future. I thought about my future kids and everything when I was fourteen. Like I, I was already thinking about what it is really, really young. So um, yeah, when I looked at what I was born into and where I was grow, I grew up in South London, Deptford. Um, you know, statistically, I should, I shouldn't be doing too well in life yeah. where I came from. Um, but I just figured, look, I have this opportunity to 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 get involved in um, a trade and develop skills and create a business that's yeah. going to enrich me and make me go further in life. And you only get one life and, you know, we're going to yeah. die anyway. So I might as well try and make something of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, that and the fact that I wasn't really like a social, I wasn't a socialite like that. I wasn't mm-hmm. like overly popular where everyone wanted to have me at all the parties and this, that and the other. I wasn't. I didn't like by the time I was 16, I didn't have that many friends. I had, yeah. I, I wasn't, I had like friends, but I was more interested in doing work and creating things yeah. than partying and all the fun stuff that young people like to do. Cause I, I just always thought you can do all that later, man. Yeah. Yeah. True. You can do all that True. later. I always thought like, go anyway, it's not it? going anywhere. Yeah. And it's, in fact, it's probably better when you're older. Yeah. So it's like, if I start preparing exactly. now as a youngster and I, and the thing is when you're young as well, you can play the young people card. People yeah. want to see you win. When you're a 16 true. year old starting your business, older people will, do you know what? There's probably a bunch of people that bought my t-shirts that I designed that really didn't like them. <laughs> but off the back of like, right, oh, this kid's got hustle. Yeah. It's, yeah, man, 10 pound, whatever. Yeah. What's 10 pound to a 30 year old who exactly. wants to see a 17 year old win, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I thought there was no better time to start than now. I, I have no responsibilities. I have little to no risk. I can afford to fail. I can afford to get things wrong. Um, I'll have grace <laughs> if I get things wrong this early. Um, and, you know, the, the life, that life of like party and enjoyment, et cetera, that I wasn't really that interested in at the time. It's not going anywhere. It's always going to be there. Um, so I think for me, it was that urgent. I had urgency very, very, very early because I knew how quick life goes and time goes. And I knew that I wanted to be in a position by, you know, a certain age in my thirties, my forties, where I'm not worried about anything. I'm not worried about surviving or paying this fee, this, this, this fee or that bill or whatever. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm in a position where I'm highly sought after as an individual, I, I really wanted that very early on. And I, and I knew that the best, the best time to start wasn't when I was like done with my degree. And yeah. it was now, it was that point, it was at that age. Hey, wow, wow. You, you're a wise teenager. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For real, no, you're a really wise teenager because I don't, again, like, I don't think most teenagers will like think of the future that far ahead. And you're actually right. I feel like, especially even like even why I do this because I want to help the generation after me and I think you're right you do get a bit of that grace you started early you can afford to make mistakes you've got no sort of dependencies and you can just take all the risk in the world really really and truly to to do different things so I wanted to go back to when you did actually take a risk so you said you talked about starting your own business in university um why did you consider it a failure I know that you talked about you know one of your clients pulling out but is that the is that the reason? Why well, that was the beginning of the end of that. Okay, okay. <laughs> that was the beginning of the end, man. The, the subsequent year, like that's when that business really just crumbled. Um, I couldn't pay the bills. I had to move out of the office. I was homeless for like a month. Okay, wow. Um, I found out I was gonna be a dad. Uh, okay. It was just everything. Everything was just going. Credits. Yo, where's the money? Where's the money? Oh, um, and um, I was I was a dissertation away from completing my master's degree, and I couldn't finish. Seriously? Yeah, I was, it was, yeah. was that, that one. All the other modules, Yeah, I, I probably would have left with a solid merit Yeah, with my master's degree, but I had to drop out. Mm. It was just a lot of financial pressure and stress Yeah, and a lot of things going on at the same time. So um, yeah, ultimately like, the business crumbled, man. Like, okay. it, it failed. It couldn't, it, it was insolvent. Yeah, okay. And um, it was an extremely painful scenario to be in. And... Um, you know, you, you end up in a situation like that and you look left and look right. And there's like, again, like even the people that want to help you can't help you. Yeah. And some, some relationships get damaged or, um, 
yeah, man, it, it, that 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 was that was definitely yeah, one of the most painful periods in my career as an yeah. entrepreneur. Um, but you know, I, I looked at it like there's entrepreneurs that I've read about by this point mm -hmm. that have gone through way worse yeah. and still bounced back and made it. And I, my, in my head, I was like, I'm, I'm at the time, I'm 24. I was like, I'm 24, man. Like, I've probably got maybe two more failures left. <laughs> I can probably <laughs> ride it out because you only need to be. Yeah. You only need to hit the belly once. Once, that's it. You need one you, success. You only it. need it once. And I figured, um, right, cool. I I asked for this. You know, I said to myself, I will use my 20s to go through this sort of thing because that's what this age is for. Yeah, and I'll figure it out because yeah. I have no choice. Yeah. And I'm going to die someday. So I might as well die having figured this out. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just, I, as soon as that business failed, I started this one. Okay. Right away. And that's, that's what I was going to, the next question I was going to ask you, because I think a lot of people, the reason why they don't even like start a business is because they're scared to fail. And you actually failed and you started another business. So what was actually the inspiration for starting Merch Masters? There was no way I was going to pay everyone back and buy a job. <laughs> <laughs> first of all. I wasn't going to go on that 28k a year and pay back yeah. however much it was, like 100 yeah. grand. Business is the only thing that made sense. Mm. Um, and also, like, I just knew that, look, the entrepreneurs who are in, in who have achieved the level of success that I aspire, aspire to went through worse. Yeah. If they can make it out, I think I'm just as intelligent as they are. I think yeah. I'm just as capable as they are. I'll make it out of this. Yeah. Because the thought of failing again wasn't as scary as just giving up. Yeah. The thought of like just giving up and, you know, going to work the nine to five, et cetera, which I don't see anything wrong with, but it just wasn't me. It's not yeah. who I am. And it's like, I didn't come this far to go back and give up like that. I'm yeah. not a giver up. I, I, who I am is that I keep going. I keep, I, I figure out a new way. If I didn't, if this way didn't work, I'll think I'll find something else. Um, And ultimately I didn't, I didn't think that by that business not working, it didn't take anything away from me. It didn't take away from who I am. It didn't devalue me. It didn't make me any less than who I was. Yeah. It's just, there was a, clearly a bunch of lessons I needed to learn from it. So I figured the best time to learn those lessons and apply them is now. Yeah. I'm still young. I'm still, you know, I was 24. I was still in my mid twenties. Like, um, so yeah, I think for me, the, the, the flame never got put out. Okay. It, 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 Love that. <laughs> yeah. And I, I never, there were, I mean, there were definitely times where I felt like, you know, oh, let me just get a job. And even, I remember there was a time where I, I was, I actually hit that point. Oh, let me just get a job. Mm. And I ended up just getting a, a retainer contract. Okay. Because okay. the prospect of going to get a job <laughs> for another company, like what I did was I went to get, um, I went to, I, I actually reached out to other companies in my industry that were bigger. They were doing, you know, 3 million a year or whatever. And I approached them. I said, look here, my name's Kezar. This is what I've been doing, X, Y, Z. I want to apply, I want to get a sales role because sales is like uncapped income. Yeah. You know, if, you, if you're selling, you know, a ton of services or products for people in a month and you're, you can negotiate what you're getting paid yeah. at that point because I'm yeah. generating you X amount of money. So I said, I'm going to go in as a salesperson. I pitched that. I got, I approached five companies. I got three appointments and I won. One of them I got a retainer with and the second one I got um, a small project to do for them. And yeah, even in that process, but the, between deciding that I was going to reach out to them, mm -hmm. which is where I was going to go in, right, let me just pack it in and go work as an employee and actually sitting down with them and negotiating, I decided in the middle of that process, that I'm just going to be a contractor. So I just like, this, 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 this thing, like there's a reason why I've been, I'm on this path. I don't know why, but I just can't go back. I, I've only worked through full time for anyone three and a half weeks of my whole entire life. <laughs> Seriously, three just, and a half weeks? Three and a half weeks. Wow. And I got fired because I was doing merch. <laughs> You're destined for that. Honestly, like, so, yeah, the fire never got put out and it was like, all the skills that I've learned and all the um, character traits that I've built would be wasted in any other role yeah. um, than what I'm doing. So, yeah, I just, I just uh, the vision in my head, the picture in my, in my head of the kind of life that I want to create and the achievements I want to have never went away. Never, ever. Love that, love that. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode. I do really appreciate your support so far. If you do want to support the production of this podcast further and you want to get early access to the next episode of the Takeoff podcast or you want to join in in a monthly live Q&A, make sure to check out the link in my description. Either pledge to my Patreon or subscribe to my YouTube membership. Either way, 
I do appreciate you supporting me and helping me to build the best business and finance community in the world. I do hope that you enjoy the rest of this episode. So walk me through the process of how you started Merch Masters from the beginning to its current phase. Okay, cool. So um, first thing I did was, so I moved back to London, started the business, set up the page, the, the Instagram page, so um, the one that we have now. Um, just started to do some posts, just started to record um, videos of the work we were doing, take pictures of the prints we were doing and stuff like that, and post them on the Instagram page. Um so at this time, I had some equipment, the same equipment I bought in the old business. I still had it. So I was using that. But then I figured out that it's not like outsourcing mm-hmm. or you know, leveraging my, my network of partners that I had in the, in the industry actually was more profitable for me. And um, instead of like physically printing the T-shirts myself, being able to outsource so that I could use that time to sell more made more sense. Okay. So I was making more profits in a lot of, a lot of cases and... Um, have more time to sell and get more customers. Okay. So that was one of the first things I did. Um, moved into a new studio space, set that up. So we did um, some of, some some of the work in house. But what I started to do is I started to hire a team um, to just do that on a contract basis. So as and when I'd have someone that came came in to you know use our equipment etc. Sometimes people ask to come in and see our products and our service and, uh, and meet with us etc. Um, so I just um, I was just hustling, man. It wasn't it wasn't like a, a it wasn't like um there wasn't like a whole business plan that went into it. It was just like, okay, do whatever I did that worked last time and do mm-hmm. as little as possible what didn't work last time. That was okay. that was what I went in with. Makes sense. That was basically it. So yeah, went to outsourcing, got a new space, did some work in house that was more profitable. Mm-hmm. Um uh hired hired someone else to do the labour. Because, yeah, my mindset was that if I, if I spend as much time as I possibly can selling and marketing, I'm going to generate more sales, going to make more money, it's going to make the business to, make the business grow. Um, and then I um, I got to a point where I had a bit more capacity to take on more work because I'd figured certain things out and it was actually working. I was actually calculating like job by job what I was making. It was starting to make sense. So um, I started to run ads. I learned how to run Facebook ads. Wow. Did a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of figuring stuff out, man. Um, started to run ads, and then in 2018, we, we created the brand identity for Merch Masters, so the logo and everything that you see today. Created the logo, built a website. So now we had brand identity, we had a website. Um, we just looked more legit. Yeah. Um, did that. Started to run ads, so I learned how to run ads, which is how a lot of people find us now. Yeah. Um, so... What I did was I looked at the most popular content on our page and I just boosted that to a specific audience. So I made a profile of people who were, you know, clothing brand owners. So okay. they, they were a certain age, they had these interests, these were, you know, fashion, streetwear, photography, whatever. Um, and yeah, I just thought, you know what, let me take the plunge. I'd never done it before. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I'd come across some content online that was showing me how to run ads and I, I, I bought a course on it as well. And I said, all right, cool, this should make sense. If I advertise my best performing content to more of whoever's the kind of people that need what I do, I should make money off this, yeah. right? So I did it and I was just dipping my toe in a little bit and it you know, it was kind of working. Um, I remember I did a piece of content, I just did a video like, hey, here we are in the studio, we're real people, come down, have a chat with us. Like the next day or two, a guy drove up from Brighton, really pound cash in my hand. Wow. Like just off content and just maybe like boosting a few ads, I just made the cash back. Wow. This is interesting. Um, and then eventually I got to a point where I, I left the studio that I was in, so 2018, I left the studio and sold all my equipment. People thought I was giving up or quitting. Okay, so why are you selling your equipment for? I was like, I don't need it. I don't need it. Because it's distracting and it's incurring costs by array of um, operating costs, rent and stuff like that. So I just went back to the drawing board, um, went remote, became a middleman. Okay. Um... And put the majority of my time and effort into selling and marketing the business. Okay. So selling our products and services, marketing the business. Because again, my mindset was: if the business is going to grow, it needs more sales. If I'm doing, if I'm doing service delivery, yeah. I'm not selling. I'm the only person that sells for the business. Let me focus on sales and marketing. Yeah. And you know, my service delivery is going to be the management of the projects. So probably towards the end of 2018, 
Um, so at this point, I was probably gliding around like that £10,000 a month mark, around the you know, give or take. Um, did the little stint at this other company, about three months retainer there, didn't really work out, wasn't, wasn't, wasn't a good fit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then coming towards the end of 2018, I said, all right, cool, I'm going to go all in. Yeah. I'm going to go all in now. I'd, I'd sold my equipment, um, but I had a customer base, I had a brand identity, I had a website, I had my price list, I had everything I needed yeah. to um, make it work. So I said, I'm just going to go all in. So I remember I took like a week break from October that year and went straight in, started to run ads again, put a heavier budget on it. It worked. Okay. So probably that year, October, we made like 15 grand that month. Wow. And it was at the time it was literally like just me. It was just, I, was just, I was just this kid in my mum's bedroom. <laughs> insane. Um, and then January 2019, record month. So I run a bunch of ads right through October, November, December that year. And then um, had Christmas break off, yeah. came back, 2019, January. Um, <clears throat> that month, record month, and we did about 25 grand. Wow. Say we, it was still me. It was still me on my own. On your own, all of that, budget. you generated that much? Yeah, wow, that's grand. So running ads, bunch of inquiries that I caught up with over Christmas, came in, just banged it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 25 grand. I, I even did a tweet and it went viral. <laughs> yeah, someone even commented on a tweet. Uh, Taxman's gonna come and eat the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, yeah. um, it, doesn't, it doesn't quite work like that in a limited company. But we won't go into all that. But um, yeah, it was twenty five grand in one month wow. on my own. So I was twenty happy. Oh god, yeah, man. Like it solved definitely solved a lot of problems. Um, and it validated the business for me. So okay, cool. There's there's obviously a market here. There's something I'm doing right. To go from where I was a year before that, like literally like pretty much rock bottom, um, into, you know, okay, cool, the business is generating cash flow, it's the sell my sales are profitable, I have a I have a good system going on here, I have a system for acquiring new clients, um, I have a system for pricing my jobs, for offering my services, etc. So it's like, okay, cool, this is good. So coming into February that year. Um, I figured that, okay, the problem with this is it's not sustainable. For me to be marketer, salesperson, mm-hmm. and delivering the services, and then doing, you know, I had an accountant and bookkeeper at the time, but doing that as well. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it was just, it was just a lot of different jobs I was doing, and obviously yeah. I saw that it wasn't scalable. The more the more jobs I took on, yeah. the less I could give attention to those clients, because, you know, obviously there's only, you hit a point where it's like there's only so much of a quality service you can give to so many people before yeah. you start, start breading yourself too thin. So come February that year, I started hiring people. So I hired someone who, I had two people. I had um, someone who became like a production manager mm-hmm. um, and then someone who became like a salesperson. But their roles were kind of similar, really. I, I, didn't, I didn't really figure out what jobs okay. I needed in the business yeah. by this point. I just knew that I needed help. You just needed some sort of help. Yeah. And um, in my head, it was like, oh, cool. if I know that I spend this much on ads and I get this much money, in theory, I should get these two people to help me to take off some... Um, um, take off some stress so that I can focus on growing a business. Yeah. So I had those people on, and um, yeah, we kind of stayed around that point. We probably made about was it two hundred twenty, two hundred twenty thousand mm-hmm. in sales that year. That's good. That's really good for mm-hmm. for first year, effectively. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that, that was kind of the second year, 20, yeah. 20, 20, 2019. Um, but yeah, it was it was good, you know, to go from like. That broke on my face in my mum's house. To <laughs> Turned it around just like that. It's not bad, and obviously that's the first time I had made such a, um, a large amount of money in a year. And I, I didn't even really realize it until the end of the year. I was like, oh, okay, count back. We've done all right. You know, two twenty in a year. Um, you know, paying paying people salaries, and I was still completely remote at this point as well. I didn't have an wow. office yet. I didn't have that because remember I got rid of all my equipment. So yeah, throughout that year, it was just a case of figuring things out. The highest month we did that year was like 55 grand. Wow. And it was because one client came through and just, their, their order was like 32K in one go. And they just paid it up front. And I was like, this is, this. moments like that is what reminds me yeah. why I don't give up. Yeah. Because exactly. I saw that, I saw that notification. And <laughs> <laughs> For that big check. I was like, this is someone's whole salary. Wow. In yeah. one go. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> Wow. Um, so yeah, that was it was a year of learning, man. But I was really glad that I pushed through. 
because I'd figured out how to repeatedly get clients, how to create content that they want to see. I was starting to get recognized for it. I was doing yeah. some really interesting projects. We did um, stuff for like Spotify and YouTube and like, started to get some big names in Warner Music. Yeah. Wow. Um, we, we added the capability of creating products from scratch. So manufacturing yeah, yeah. from complete, so before we could only really do print and embroidery. But now we can do print embroidery and actually making the product from scratch because okay. of the new um, suppliers we had in our supply chain that came from some of the employees that I took that I brought on. So I was able to say yes to more projects as time went on. I think that contributed to like even one of the reasons we got that job that was like yeah. thirty two grand was because we were the only company they spoke to that could do everything they wanted. Okay, so they needed the end to end basically. Okay, so this is where the one stop shop okay. proposition started to come in because now okay. you can come to us and get any product you want. As opposed to, oh, we can't do that, can't do this, can't do this. Um, so I think that massively helped. Um, and then, yeah, like going into 2020, um, just kind of doing more of the same. Obviously, the virus hit. Yeah. Had to change the plans a little bit. But then last year, we got the print studio. Mm-hmm. And earlier this year, we got the design studio. Okay. So um, throughout last year, it was just a case of refining those processes and like, really figuring out the, man- the manufacturing stuff. There was a lot of learning that I had to go and into that as well as like setting up there was a lot like oh my god it was a it was <laughs> we got through it but yeah. oh man 2020 was a lot um coming into this year refining different things like uh payment terms and mm. pricing policy and um which supplies we use with this this yeah. and that and obviously we had the studio by now as well so you know which jobs we send to the studio which which jobs we do out Hiring people for the studio. I hired, I hired someone who was actually a friend of mine to run my studio last okay. year. He's, he's, he's worked anniversaries the other day, actually. I should get him a cake. Um, <laughs> and, um, Did you he, get him a cake? No, I should. I probably should. Um, <laughs> Might be a day. I'm not a HR person. Like, I need someone to do, to do that stuff for me. But um, yeah, he came in and then every, he ran the studio. Mm-hmm. And everyone that works at the studio, he hired them. Not okay. me. So that was another good thing. It was like yeah. starting to hire the right people. Exactly. Yeah. And hiring, I can't stress how important it is to get clear on what jobs you need done. Mm-hmm. Get good at writing job descriptions. Like yeah. I got a format that I do it in. Okay. So it's like anyone who's looking at it knows exactly what they're doing. Okay. What it was expected of them. And um yeah, he came in, he ran the studio, he hired the casual workers and the assistants there, then he got promoted to um production manager, then he hired his one of his assistants to run the studio. Okay. Wow. So it was like and he was running that and I was barely there. I was barely at that. So I set up the studio and I wasn't there no more. And this was just happened. This was in the height of COVID. Wow. So um, yeah, 2019, we hit those numbers. 2020, similar sort of thing, but we had, um, we bought stuff in house this year. We've um, introduced our design services. So now we do consulting as well. So people always ask, oh, can I come down and meet the founder or meet the, meet the team and see the fabrics? And people always want a field trip. They want to, I don't know if it's because they want to come and see me. <laughs> Because Maybe, of my videos, yeah, why or, not, right? I, like, I've been told this, innit? and I'm just like, I'm just a guy, like, but um, <laughs> yeah, like people come, like, I had someone come from Liverpool today. Wow, uh, I have people come from Bournemouth, I have people come from all different cities across the UK oh my gosh, that's to come insane. and have consultations with us and look at our products and meet the team and, and things like that. I think I noticed that that was really important to people, so you know, I wanted to do it in 2019, but I managed to get that started in last year. So now, yeah, now we do our consulting service. Um, which me and the team can do. We do. Um, we also do like what we call design consultations, where we, we can sit down with people and design their stuff on yeah. the spot. Okay. Because that's another thing that we notice that people are trying to go into manufacturing, but the designs yeah. aren't ready. Okay. So it was a process of like just everything I've described, but yeah. also knowing, like, learning what is it that customers actually need. Mm-hmm. Some of which they know they need, some of which they don't know they need, okay. and then offering them that. So, um, you know, sometimes people want to actually come and sit down and, and, you know, look you in the eyes before yeah. they spend, you know, seven grand with you. Yeah. yeah which yeah. is fair enough. You yeah. know, so as long as you pay the consultation, yeah, I'm cool. Mm-hmm. I don't mind. Um, so, yeah, started offering that. Offer design services. We actually just um, formalized our design services or we packaged them up in a certain kind of way okay. recently as well to make it more accessible for people. And we do our print embroidery and manufacturing service. Okay. Um, quite a fair bit of it we do in-house. Um and um, yeah, now there's a team of five. So that in that's kind of the order it went in, actually. Okay, wow, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. You know, the first thing I'm thinking is if I wanted to get a t-shirt done for Savvy Wallet, what's the exact process? So would I obviously do a consultation with your team? And then we're looking at design first. We want to understand what sort of designs. Do I want a t-shirt? Do I want a cap? Yeah. If, want anything else? If you just want like a few t-shirts with your logo on it, just send us the logo, like fill out an inquiry form show us what the logo looks like and describe what you want. 
Okay. Obviously, we have like minimum orders and stuff like that. So um, our minimum order is like 25 um, for most products for Aethris Embroidery. And if your manufacturing bespoke is 50, okay. but you need to have a lot more detailed designs for that. But um, yeah, whatever you want, just show us what you've got and describe what it is you want. We'll take a look and then we'll advise you from there. Because okay. it's not necessary for everyone to come and have a consultation first. You don't need that. Like you don't need to spend the money to sit down for an hour if you're doing something that's relatively straightforward. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just say, just show us what you're working with. Cool, 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 cool. Because I'm definitely gonna think about doing that in the future. I do want to definitely do merchandise, and I was always wanted to understand what the actual process to to doing it was. Because sometimes I think for a lot of people, it seems a lot more. Not to say that it's not difficult, but with what merch masters do, I feel like you hold hand, you know, hand hold your customers through the whole oh, yeah. entire process, which is why they're probably coming to you, which is why you're getting. That report and which is why you're growing and which is why you got 32k just like uh, like that, right? yeah more 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 orders like that please what i've realized i've been doing i've been doing this for 12 years now and i've spoken to a lot of people i've done work for a lot of people and ultimately what what, what it comes down to is that there's a huge gap in knowledge between coming up with a concept for any sort of clothing product or merchandise you want to do and actually executing it and selling it yeah. that gap between coming up with the idea and making it a live product that you can sell, huge. Yeah. And the vast majority of people don't know what they're doing, not because they're stupid or anything, like it's not It's not that. It's like there's a lot of things that, if I had to learn to do it from scratch, it will go way over my head as well. Yeah. Um, so what we figured is that our approach is, people don't come to us to print shirts or to make sweaters or to make caps. That's not actually what you're coming to us for. You're coming to us because what we do is a crucial part in your business yeah. existing. If you don't have a physical product that you're able to sell to people, you have no business because people can't buy anything from you. So what people really need is the handholding, yeah. is the, you know, sort of us doing it with them so that we, they, they can lean on our expertise, knowledge. Um, so that's where we're, we're kind of making the shift from just the print embroidery to the end-to-end consultancy along with the design and business services, I guess. So like, you know, actually working with people to create a dashboard and track their metrics and stuff like that. Because um, that's what people are really after. You, 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 don't, you, don't, you don't just want a good quality product made on time. Yeah. You want to know that there's a team that you're working with that's got your back, yeah. that you can ask questions to, and that's got the got the solution to whatever problem you're going to have in this business, especially if you need it. So yeah, that's that's what that's the direction we're going on. There, we think there's a lot more value in that, and you know we get to print some cool shirts every now and yeah, again too. Yeah, yeah, you must work with some cool, cool, cool people. To be honest, it must be so fun because you're getting to work with so many different people, design so many different things. I can see that excitement definitely. Yeah. In terms of your motivation, how do you motivate yourself to, you know, get up in the morning and continue to work, especially at the time where you were starting Merch Masters just before, you know, your other business didn't go so well? How did you keep yourself motivated? I don't really think of it like that. Because what else am I going to do? Yeah. Really? Like... The same way people are motivated to go to a job every day is mm-hmm. how I'm motivated to do it. Like, it's a duty. Yeah. I have to fulfill it. I've made promises. I've made commitments. I've made commitments to myself. Um, and I really do believe that through doing this business, I'm going to um, attain and achieve all the things that I've set out to from an early age. Um, so, yeah, there's not... There's, I don't really look at it like there's an option. Mm-hmm. There's not... There's no... I don't know. I don't. I don't really. I don't really get that, man. Um, I don't need to be motivated. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. I don't, I don't think that. I don't, I don't think I operate like that. It's an interesting point of view. Yeah, because it's you know the 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 desire is already there mm-hmm. and the proof is already there and you know it's got this far. Like there, there's a lot. Of, there's a bunch of evidence that shows me that yeah. continuing to move forward in this makes sense. Yeah. Um, and you know, the grass isn't always necessarily greener on the other side anyway. So if I was to like fall off and not want to do it not be motivated mm-hmm. to do it anymore and I thought oh, I'm going to do this, go do this other thing <laughs> I'm just going to encounter a whole bunch of other problems that I haven't yeah. solved yet I've solved right. a lot of problems over here I haven't solved a whole bunch of problems somewhere else so it's yeah. like um, yeah I don't think I, I don't think it's really motivation that I need I, I just know that there's not a problem that I encounter that can't be solved in some way at some point in time and you know I'm still relatively young so I'll just keep going until I figure them out Yeah, because I've done a decent job so far at least I'd say um, but yeah and the other thing as well like look 
I'm not gonna lie. I'll, I'll be straight up. I want to be rich. I want to be wealthy. Like, okay, love that. Love that. Like, um, so this for me is the quickest path to that because it's the thing that I'm most knowledgeable in, most yeah. skilled in, most experienced in, most credible in, mm-hmm. so far. And in fact, I feel grateful mm-hmm. for the position. So you know, there's moments. There's there's definitely moments where I feel like, oh, this is long. But I would be feeling worse than that anywhere else. Yeah, true. Um, I'd you know I'd rather this poison than any other poison I'm yeah. for right now. Yeah, it's like we were saying. It's like almost picking your poison, right? Like yeah. at the end of the day, you're gonna have your problems anywhere, right? It's not like with a nine to five, you don't work. You're still working. Yeah. Right? So you still have to have some level of motivation. So actually, is the level of motivation different between? doing your own thing at nine to five. Not really. You still have to do something in life well, to feed yourself. I think the other thing is as well is that, you know, the the, the path that I'm taking brings me to the end that I'm yeah. after. Yeah. You know, I think you start to lose hope, motivation and will the will to live even mm-hmm. when you're doing stuff that does not get you towards yeah. the end that you're seeking. Yeah. So when you're going to a job that you hate, like I had a friend actually told me the other day, like I've, I've got a pay rise and everything, but I just don't feel like working for these people. Wow. I'm earning more money, but I'm not fulfilled and I said to him, if you're going to get fulfillment, you need to take some risks. Yeah. You need to do something that makes you uncomfortable. Or take risks. Because you're comfortable. You're, you're, um, I said to him, like, take eight grand or whatever you've got saved up <laughs> and start a business with it. And But but use the whole thing to where you have to make it work to get your money yeah. back. Do that then if, you're, if you want some fulfillment. Because obviously this pay rise at work isn't doing it for you. Um, and, you know, there's, there's not a lot of people can stomach that level of risk. Yeah, not a lot of people can do it. I'm 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 a bit strange in that sense where I'm just like, forget. But I think for me it's because my relationship to money as well is a bit different. Like I know I can go and sell X amount worth of services because yeah. I have done it before. A lot of people yeah. haven't done it. Like not a lot of people can say, oh, I've got I've had a year salary and put it in my bank account in one go. Okay. Um, so my relationship to money is a lot different. Like I I could I could lose however much money and just think, oh, now I've got to figure <laughs> out how to create back. That was that's my response. I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna stay in my bed for two weeks and not move. I'm gonna yeah. do something about it. Yeah. And the other thing is as well, there's not a risk I'm taking that's f- directly a threat to my life. There's nothing I'm doing that's going to kill me. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah, that's true. It's not going to. Yeah. Like, dude, I am not a drug drug lord or anything yeah. like that. I'm like, I run a merchandise company and I yeah. sell t-shirt services. Like, <laughs> the hell. So, um, yeah, I think because the end goal is achievable throughout what I'm doing. I don't even think twice about it. It's just, it's my duty. It's a job. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's what's going to get me there. You know, the friend I was speaking to the other day and I, I said to him like, yeah, like you need to do something that put makes you uncomfortable, but there's a, there's a bigger pot of gold at the end of it for yeah. you. Cause when looking at the bigger pot of gold and knowing that it's achievable will be invigorating. No? So that's what gives you the strength to pass through whatever difficulties you do go through yeah. when you're going through them. You remember that, wait, 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 this is, if it was supposed to be easy, everyone would do it. This is, mm-hmm. this is part of the journey. You, yep. And these are just thoughts and thought process that are just baked into how I live. Yeah. So yeah, I don't look at it like motivation. Okay. I don't look at it like that. I'm not, I'm not here just to survive another day and pay my bills because for me, that's as good as being dead. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm just working so that I stay alive mm-hmm. and not achieve anything great, not push myself, not, um, you know, at least try to achieve some level of um, success that will inspire my loved ones, my close ones, people that I care about, and hopefully other people in my community, society, the world. If I'm not trying to do that, what's the point? What's the point of being here? Why? Nice. Why am I here? Like I don't nice. think I was put here. I think people are put here for different reasons, and nice. I think people find their reasons at some point, but that's not for me. Um, so... Yeah, if I had to say I'm motivated by anything, it's the fact that I know that whatever I'm put here to achieve, I can do it. Yeah. So I should do it. Facts, 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 facts. I mean, you're speaking gems right now. I love it. I love it. I love, yeah. I love the motivational tool. Because I think for me, it's it's all about, I think it's about finding your purpose. And as you say, like, I think most people, they do want to achieve something. They're just scared of, you know, putting themselves out there. They're scared to, to fail. And you, you, you know, as you mentioned yourself, you failed, but you weren't scared to, to do it again. And you weren't scared to, you know, take that risk. And you've been doing that for 16. Yeah. I mean, like even when I was, when I was younger, when I was, so I was young mayor of Lewisham when I was 17. Oh, wow. And um, the story behind that, I first ran for that when I was 14. Okay. Lost, didn't know where I came. Yeah. Then I did it when I was 16. 
came third. Then I did it the next year when I was 17 and won. And that taught me really, really early. Like if if at first you don't succeed, just dust yourself off, try again. Word to Aaliyah. (laughs) Um, So I learned that very, very early. You just got to keep going. Um, And then also like, I'm not scared of being embarrassed. Yeah. I'm not scared of failing and then people like laughing at me and stuff like that. Because one, I've been through it and I didn't die. Yeah. Two, I don't actually care what most of these people think because why am I scared about being embarrassed by people who I, I who have no stake in my life? Why does that matter? Like mm. these are the same people that I actually remember when I won the Young Mayor mm. campaign, and the next day there was a girl on the bus, and she said to me, "Oh, congratulations!" Like you know, I always knew who was going to win, and I said to that girl three weeks ago, "You were sat right in front of me, telling me exactly why I wouldn't win." Wow. Same girl, and she just she was shamed. She just she had nothing to say. Wow. So for me, it's like the things you're actually scared of that are stopping you from doing anything you say you want to do mm. is stuff that does not matter. It's yeah. Again, it's things that are not going to kill you. There's yeah. no threat to your life. Mm. Right, cool. You'll try this business and you'll fail and some people will know about it. Fine. Yeah. Like, it's true. Dude, it's true. like the, the people that, again, I, I mentioned this earlier, mm. the people that... um I've achieved the things I want to achieve in business. I've went through way more embarrassing mm. failures than I've gone through. Donald Mind Trump lost $2 billion, man. Yeah. <laughs> I've not lost that much money. Like, granted, yeah, he was a millionaire, multi-millionaire, billionaire, whatever. But still, like, yeah. these people have taken way bigger losses than I have. Yeah. What the hell am I... Yeah. Why do I care? Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Just go again. And especially, you know, my mindset was, my 20s is the time to get that out the way. Yeah. Let me just... And even if you're older than me, it still doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You're probably friends with less people than you were before, <laughs> if you're older than me. Um, you, you you probably care a lot less about certain people who you had closer relationships to. And whether you do well or not, these people have no stake. Yeah, They have. They were not going to come to save you. They're not, they're, they're not going to help you. They're not going to stay up late, late, late at night with you. They're not going to celebrate with you if you win. So it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Just get it over and done with. Because yeah. like, you only need to win once. Yeah. You only need to hit the lottery once. Hundred, hundred, hundred. Like I said, you're spitting gems. I love that. Fear fear governs a lot of people's actions. And I'm actually more scared of not trying and living a life I don't enjoy. Mm. Because that to me, that's you might as well eat glass Mm. every day, as far as I'm concerned. Why am I gonna just accept that? Because I'm scared. Scared of what? What people think, scared of looking a certain way, scared of judgment. These are not things that kill you. Mm. These are not you should be scared to go into a jungle. (laughs) <laughs> a wild jungle, jungle yeah. with a bunch of wild animals lions tigers beasts bears you know beasts that you should be scared of that I'm not scared of fucking people's opinions yeah I don't care like and father time always wins man over time it, it, he who laughs last laughs longest exactly. I believe like um, but yeah I just really don't care <laughs> and I think that's the best way to be sometimes because I feel like when a lot of people don't think like that they live a life of regret they get to maybe their 50s their 60s not to say that you can't start a business at that point but it's that at that point where they actually don't care what other people think because they're comfortable in their skin where do you want to take merch masters in the next five to ten years where do you want to take it to um by then merch masters will be the go-to business or company for you to start and launch your clothing or merchandise brand okay um We'll have our own factory. Mm-hmm. We'll be employing loads of young people yeah. as well as experienced people. Okay. Um, we'll have our design studio. Like, yeah, we'll have our design studio. We'll have our consulting arm. And we'll basically, we'll, we'll have everything you need to start a clothing business sustainably. That's where we'll be. Um, hopefully in the eight figures. So Lovely. tens of millions plus. Um. And you know, for me personally, I I want I want the business to be able to run, whether I'm present or not. Um, I think that's really the one of the ultimate litmus tests of a, of a of a real good business. You know, one that doesn't need the founder's presence there to run day to day. Yeah. Because you know, otherwise you just become a slave to it. You need to be able to plug out and plug back in. You know, so that they'll be it'll be run by a team of people who are fully autonomous in their roles, capable, competent, confident, um, and just generating results for our clients and customers that no one else can. Um, that's where I see the business. You know, um, I part of the reason why employing young people is important for me is because I started as them. Yeah. 
Um, so that's that would kind of be my way of giving back, like by being successful in business and giving young people employment yeah. and the ability to upskill themselves. That's my way of paying it forward. Yeah. So that's what I see in the future. I love that. I love that. I love that. And as an entrepreneur, what would you say are the challenges of starting your own business? Because you've done very, very well, right? You've you know, you've had your failure and now you've gone to successes. But what would you say are some of the challenges of Wow, um, that's a whole episode. That's a whole podcast episode, <laughs> okay. man. Um, there's a lot, man. There's the constant state of anxiety you're in mm-hmm. for a long period of time. Wow. Um, there's you know running into financial problems, especially if you're bootstrapping. There's not being understood by your peers and your family. Yeah. There's um, not knowing what to what to do when things go wrong. Not yeah, knowing who yeah. to turn to. Feeling alone. Not having the answers. Not having solutions. Um. There's a ton, there's a ton of things that come along with it, man. Wow. Um, sounds like a wealth of emotions. Like, how do you deal with that? It's a roller coaster. I yeah. think you just have to be strong and have thick skin. You just have yeah. to not give up yeah. and understand that anytime there's a mistake that's been made or something that's gone wrong, there is a solution to the problem somewhere. Yeah. A lot of the stuff you're going to go through is just problems that need to be solved. Yeah. And also, in order for your business to grow, you need to, it's weird, you need to kind of let go of control. Yeah. Um, so learning how to work with people and collaborate with people, learning how to, you know, hire people, get contractors yeah. on, hire experts, you know, don't be afraid to invest in that as well. Yeah. You know, have, have develop a good relationship with money because you're going to have to invest in things in your business where you have to put the money down first before yeah. you see the return. <laughs> and that's very uncomfortable, especially if you come from a background where you're not used to money. Like if you if you come from a background where it's like, you know, oh, turn the lights off and, you know, one piece of meat for every person. <laughs> if you come from a background like that, where money yeah. was treated as very scarce yeah. and you carry that into your business, you're, it's going to reflect in your business. Yeah. You know, there's someone I was, I was speaking to um, probably about last week. Um, they asked me how to get um, a cracked version of a certain kind of software. And I said, that attitude oh, still till today, right. really. And I said to this nice. person, I said to them, This is why you can't get customers because the same way you want to beat the system and, and and you know get access to a product or service that is not rightfully yours because you have to yeah. pay for it, that's the same energy you're attracting in your business, exactly. So, um, there's a lot of things like there's a lot of there's there's a lot that you go through as wow. an entrepreneur, and you have to learn, to, you have to have a thick skin, you have to say to yourself, Whatever I'm about to go through is necessary for me to grow into the person who I need to become to run the business that I want to run. And that person, the person who you need to be to have the business you say you want is not who you are today. Yeah. Otherwise you would have it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's a journey, isn't it? (laughs) It's a journey, man. You got to just, and problems come up like whack-a-mole, man. (laughs) Something comes, you solve one thing, something else comes up and then this comes up and then, you know, you, you, you sort out that and then this comes up. It's it's a it's a constant stream for a long period of time, but it does get to a sweet spot where it starts mm-hmm. to kind of tip a bit. Yeah, it starts to feel better okay. because you've worked a lot of things out. Yeah, and um, the other thing I'd say is that just keep things as simple as you can because the yeah. more you complex, you the more you add complexity. Yeah, the more difficult it is to manage everything: your emotions, your yeah. your schedule, your commitments to your clients, your promises, etc. Yeah. All of these things can flail out of control if you make things too complex. Yeah, but there's a lot. That you go through as an entrepreneur, a lot of mental battles, a lot of loneliness, a lot of emotions you go through, a lot of feelings you go through, a lot of fear. Yeah. You can feel a lot of fear, especially if you've got some form of security in your life, whether that's be a job, whether it be some a parent or a family member you live with that gives you some form of security. You get to points where you have to let go of that security in yeah. order to grow. Yeah. It's extremely difficult because what if it doesn't work? I'm on mm-hmm. my face now. Mm-hmm. But being in those situations where it's like fight or flight, like yeah. live or die, sometimes that draw the best out of you. Yeah. Because you're going to do whatever you need to do to get the best result and you grow from that. It's just extremely uncomfortable. There's no version of entrepreneurship where growth is comfortable. Yeah. No version whatsoever. Um, but yeah, it's really difficult and it's supposed to be. Yeah. I don't want to get to an eight-figure business and it's easy and then look left and right. Yeah. Everyone, everyone's just there. Like, yeah. like, like it's a... You know, it feel like it's worth it, isn't it? It wouldn't, yeah. man. It's like getting yeah. handed a, um, you know, those little party bags you get. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? Everyone got one of these coming here, man. Yeah. No, it's supposed to be really difficult. Yeah. So when you get there, you have a certain level of respect for all your peers that have also got to that level as well. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, expect it. That, that that difficulty and all those things you go through, that's designed to weed out the weak. Yeah. It's not everyone's Survival, supposed to. Survival, the fittest, definitely. That's what that is. Because nobody that's doing that is weak. No. And not to, you know, not to smash on anybody, but that's just the truth at the end of the day, right? Like fact. you said, it brings out the best out of you. Talking about the best out of you, what would you say are the three things that you need to become a successful entrepreneur? Three things. Mm. A clear vision. Persistence. The ability to um, create an offer that and match it to a marketplace that needs it. Yeah. yeah. I think those are the three things that come to mind when you ask that's that. That's interesting. That's interesting. I think persistence is really key. Yeah. That really sticks out at me because I think that through your story, you've definitely shown a lot of persistence. The failure, the reason why I bring that up is because I remember reading somewhere where there was a manager um, looking at different CVs and he looked at somebody's CV who had lots of failures and to him he said, looked like an S. <laughs> an S, a lot of uh, S for people is synonymous with like Superman, right? That person's gone through failure but they kept on picking themselves back up and your story definitely uh, brings out a lot of that which is which is fantastic um so we're about to round up uh this episode is there any final thoughts that you wanted to present to the listeners today um yeah i think what i'd say to anyone who 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 is at the early stages of their business um, or looking to start is um, just just do it just do it just go for it just um, whatever you're going to do is going to feel uncomfortable in order for you to grow so just dive head first stop caring about what people think stop worrying about if it doesn't work there's, there's a bunch of stuff you're going to do that's not going to work but it, what it doesn't do is stop you from trying something else after I've tried a bunch of stuff that didn't work and it led me to more things that do work over time. So I'd say just, just get it over and done with. And yeah, yeah just a lot, a lot of the things that matter to you today as who you are now will not matter as the person you say to yourself you want to become. So um, just hurry up and go and become that person and just expect that you're going to have some times that's going to feel uncomfortable, but it's definitely worth it. It's definitely, definitely worth it to get to the end of it. What I take away is definitely your perseverance. Definitely not caring about what people think about you because I think even to do even the business that you're doing right you had to sort of put yourself out there if you don't put yourself out there how are people could find you right yeah people think that you can only do one aspect of the business okay yeah we're doing the consultancy yes we're doing the designing yes we're doing the manufacturing of the business but okay what about sales are we selling ourselves are we selling the people are we selling the products right and that aspect, I think a lot of people are scared to put them out themselves out there. What if people say I'm shit? What if people, you know, judge me? Okay, cool. It's funny because yeah. there's people talking bad on your name right now, and you exactly. just never know. <laughs> exactly. You just never know. Exactly. So, and it's like the people that are going to say the worst things about you aren't even attempting half the yeah. things you're trying to do. Exactly. So there's so many reasons not to care. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You don't need to in this day and age. What does you caring about somebody else thoughts? What does it, how does it actually affect you? Like, how does that stop you? Whether they agree or disagree, what does that have to do with your and, decisions? And think about it. Who, who's, who's achieved anything mm. worth achieving in life that yeah. doesn't have people that don't like them or say exactly. bad things about them? It exactly. just doesn't happen. Exactly. You can have, um, man, you can have, Jesus Christ himself got persecuted, yeah. man. Yeah. Like, there's just no way to avoid that. Exactly. They'll just get over and done with. Exactly. In fact, you know, whoever wants to be your enemy, just be stronger than them. Hundred. Just Go get, be stronger than them. So Go it's like, okay, all your all your verbs and your words that you're throwing at me, it doesn't hurt. I'm just too strong. <laughs> like, just doesn't matter, man. Just get just get out of the way. Crazy, crazy. As you heard it from Kaze today, lots and lots and lots of gem. Really appreciate you joining us today and providing us so many gems, giving us insight into merch masters have you started it, your failures, and, you know, being really vulnerable and telling us some of your stories. I think that always helps people to relate. 
And actually, you know, your story is a testament of what hard work and perseverance and being smart and being diligent can actually take you to. And I'm really excited to see where your journey takes. Hopefully in the future we can do another episode and you're yeah, yeah. grossing 10 million. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, where can the people find you? If you just tell them where they can find you across social media, your website. Yeah, so um, you can find us on all socials, um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, just Merch Masters UK for everything. We're most active on Instagram at the moment. That may change by the time you see this or whenever in the future. But yeah, um, Merch Masters UK on all pla- on LinkedIn as well. Um, you'll find us pretty easily. Awesome, 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 awesome. Thanks so much for joining the podcast. Thanks everybody for tuning in to today's episodes. It's been a fantastic one. I hope that you've got your notepads today and we'll see you next week. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.